My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. I hold this truth to be self-evident. Every team plays a Super Bowl. What does that mean, though, Joe? Welcome to Law of the Wolf. I'm your host, Joe Giglio. Appreciate you guys for checking me out. Thank you for joining me. We're going to have a conversation with Eric McLean, ACC Network, ESPN, former Clemson Tiger coming up here in just a little bit. But I want to expand upon my thoughts on what I consider to be a Super Bowl. This is not, as some people in this state look at and go, well, NC State plays good once a year and it's always against Carolina. No, that's not what that is. This is not, ECU only cares about beating NC State. Not that. This is not, App State loves to play Carolina. Not that. There's like a negative connotation to that. In, in my opinion, what a Super Bowl is, is once a year, a team is going to get their best effort. They're going to put their best foot forward. They're going to play a clean game. As we talked about in previous episodes of the Law of the Wolf, penalties and turnovers have been absolutely crippling NC State this season. So when Clemson gets here at 2 o'clock, the CW Network shouts to my man Tom Wormy, shouts to Batesy. The F-Boy Island. Oh, my goodness gracious. I can't wait for the promo. I have the DVR set, and I'm ready to go. But it's about the Super Bowl. It's about the effort. It's about the way that the game is played. And I could give you an example of one. It was Virginia last week against Carolina. Everything came together for Virginia in that game. They had lost the state by three points. They had lost to Boston College by three points. They had been struggling to close games. They made the plays that they had to make in that game to beat Carolina. When you think about NC State and the way that they've played this season, Notre Dame, they get the ball back beginning in the fourth quarter with a chance to take a lead. They can't take advantage of the opportunity. Louisville, they have a chance to put Louisville away in the third quarter of that football game, turn the ball over. For all of the problems that NC State's had in, in this four and three start, and for all of my pessimism for what I've seen from the Wolfpack this year, they're actually not all that far off in terms of if you line things up and don't beat yourself and don't make mistakes, you at least can sleep at night knowing you put your best foot forward. You put your best effort into it. So when I say Super Bowl, that's actually what I mean. And you can go through the checklist. You've got the penalties. You've got the turnovers. You don't want to beat yourself. You don't want to have the busts on defense. The last time we saw NC State, they're losing to a Duke team that, quite frankly, had only completed four passes. Two of them go for a touchdown. One's a big play down the field. It was a shot off of a, a blitz by State, and the other was a long run. It's the third time this year we've seen a team pop a long run on NC State. Those are the kind of plays that you have to get rid of in order to give yourself the best chance to win a football game. And you want to be emotional at home. Difficult to open the year on the road. They go to UConn. I didn't think they're flat or anything, but it's it's not the same as being at home, being at night and, and having the place juiced. I, I thought the Louisville crowd was slightly off in terms of the, 
the energy in terms of what people were looking forward to. And part of that was, was the Notre Dame game. The Notre Dame game was the weather. So the stars are actually aligned here for NC State to have that emotional outpouring. And now the opponent matters too, in, in the sense that Clemson is a team that has now won 16 of its past 18 against NC State. Dave Doran's just one and eight against the Tigers, although they did win their last home game against Clemson back in 2021 in overtime. So there has to be this idea also of who the opponent is and that there are some stakes. And for NC State, the stakes are not the ACC championship, although you know technically not eliminated, but it's not about that. It's about, hey, what would happen if we played a clean game? What would happen if we cut down on the penalties? What would happen if we eliminate the turnovers? What would happen if we don't give up these big, long running plays? You put yourself in a position to win the football game. That's where the crowd comes in. That's where the energy from the crowd comes in. Home game, 2 o'clock. I like that. One other part about this, and I think this matters too. Dave Doran said this in 2018 after NC State. Lost at home to Wake Forest. They go down. They beat a, a, a terrible Louisville team, but they beat the absolute snot out of them, okay? And I said to, basically, I said, why can you guys recover so well but you can't handle it when people tell you how good you are. And he said, he just said, I, that is human nature that when people tell you how great you are, pumping up your tires, it's hard to handle. But when people doubt you, you want to show them that they're wrong. You want to prove to them that they're wrong. And I think that's the position that NC State is in after that 24-3 loss to Duke two weeks ago. I think they're in a position where you're going, okay, now is the time to respond. Now is the time. You, you Obviously, you can't go into the portal right now. You're not, not going to add free agents. You're not going to make a trade. But you can change the way after a week off, after some time to look at it, reflect on those first seven games. You can change the way that you present yourself. You can change those mistakes. You can fix those problems. At least you can. Doesn't mean you win the football game. Doesn't mean Will Shipley, who's got 24 family members who graduated from NC State, doesn't go out there and then run for 200 yards. That's that's certainly in play. But what it means is you put your best foot forward. It means you give yourself the best chance to win a football game. And you do so because there are plenty of people now doubting you. So that is a good thing for NC State. And of course, all of our conversations here for the college football season are brought to you by Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Greenville, Wings Over Chapel Hill. Ryan Malley, his crew, they do an unbelievable job. I got to tell you guys, I tried a new flavor. You know me. I do not like to divert when it comes to my food options, but I did yesterday. I went for the West Texas Mesquite Rub. It's awesome. I can see that being now a regular in the rotation. There's so many different choices in tenders and wings at Wings Over Rally. They're on Hillsborough Street. There's free parking in the back. You know what a big bonus that is. If you've ever been to the NC State campus, order online, wingsover.com. Go pick it up and please support Ryan Malley and Wings Over this football season. One thing before we get into predictions for this week's game, NC State Clemson's 2 o'clock. On the CW, looking forward to this game. I'll be over at Carter Finley Stadium. Looking forward to the reasonable start because next week's game has been announced for Miami as an 8 p.m. start. You guys know that that's going to be way, way past my bedtime. 
Want to give credit to Dave Doran, which I thought was a good move. Last week, the messaging after the Duke loss was good in the post-game press conference. I think Monday's Zoom call also was a good moment for Dave Doran in this particular reason. After seven games, you know, you look at some of the penalties and you go, hey, how do we fix this? And how do we maybe improve our offensive line, which is kind of at the root of a lot of their problems on offense. So you'll see two new starters on the offensive front this week. Right tackle, Jacarius Peak is a guy who had been playing a lot of tight end, actually, as an extra blocker. He's going to start at right tackle. And then we'll see Anthony Carter at left guard. That's going to also then move Tim McKay to right guard. So there's some new spots there with the two new starters. Notably, Derek Eason goes to the bench and Lyndon Cooper goes to the bench. Cooper, I thought, did a nice job filling in for Dylan McMahon at center, but had a really tough game against Duke in the 24-3 loss to the Blue Devils. So... Uh, Kudos from the uh, the Zoom call on Monday. Dave was asked about the decision to send Cooper to the bench, and and I actually I liked his answer here because um, it, it, it it's an, in a way that you're saying okay we've had issues this is what we've looked at they released the depth chart but it also doesn't mean like <laughs> banish the kid to the portal or whatever else you might think of it I, I like the way that he handled this so let's let's listen to this clip from Dave Dorn. this is Monday from his Zoom call body of work for not just him but other guys uh it's trying to give some guys an opportunity to compete that have shown that they deserve that opportunity as well and fully expect coop to compete his butt off and try to win his job back and he might by the end of the week you don't know that but we're asked to put out a depth chart on monday you don't play till saturday and so you know going off of a game where he had three penalties in the first half you know getting guys in that are playing a little bit more Without that, you know, it's kind of the mindset there and doesn't mean we're giving up on him at all. No, I mean, I'm excited to work with him every day and help him continue to get better. And he's gone in there and played really well at times for us, you know, so you'll continue to see him out there. And if he's the competitor that I know he is, so compete super hard to win that job back. Again, I think it's important. Again, I think it's important when Dave Doran has the right messaging moments that we highlight those. I think this was another one. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the offensive line this week with those new moving parts. We have a time for a prediction here, and then we'll get into our conversation with Eric McLean. But first, if if you're not following yet on the Law of the Wolf on Apple, Spotify, or the Googles, please, pretty please, with sugar on top. Check us out there. Rate, follow, subscribe. Five stars only. Positive vibes only, of course. And for our prediction this week, you just said, Joe, you got me all pumped up. You got me thinking State's going to play their Super Bowl. This is an important distinction. Not every every team plays a Super Bowl, but not every team wins their Super Bowl. So here's my prediction for this week. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think it could be a lot like the Louisville game, hopefully without so many penalties and turnovers. But I think Clemson gets this one. I'm going to take the Tigers 21-17. Clemson 21-17 is my prediction for this game. Hopefully, I am wrong. Hopefully, I am wrong. But before we get into our conversation with Eric McLean from ESPN and the ACC Network, you know where you can't go wrong? If you go to myhtr.com. That's Hometown Realty's website. It's so simple, easy, and effective. It's, it's, I wish everything was this good. So go to myhtr.com. You're going to see a toggle right there in the middle of the screen. Buy and sell. You realize more than 60% of their business is in new construction. 
if you're looking for a house, you got to have that inside scoop. You got to have your foot inside that door. Hometown Realty can help you find the best home for you, whether you're buying or you're selling. Go to myhtr.com and the experience of their crew and just the knowledge of this market from the, from Raleigh to the coast, you won't be disappointed. You really help yourself if you go to myhtr.com. Another way to help yourself is to check in with my friend, Josh Goodson. Josh Goodson is with RTP Mortgage, rtpmortgage.com. You guys know that Josh, this market is difficult right now, but if anyone can help you, whether you're trying to qualify for a loan, whether you're just trying to know how much you can afford if you are in the market, whether you're looking at it going, hey man, I really need a cash out refi right now. Give Josh a call, 252-361-1415. It's 252-361-1415 or go to rtpmortgage.com. Josh is there to help. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And the best thing to do is ask an expert like Josh for help. You can give him a call. It's 252-361-1415 or check him out online. It's rtpmortgage.com. And now, you know we cannot finish these ads without talking about the OG OG. That's Hayes Lancaster, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Nobody does it better. Nobody. You got problems? You got bugs inside the house? Mosquito Authority. You got mice in the attic? Pest Authority. You got moisture under the house? Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. You name it, they've got it handled. Hayes is the OG OG, this podcast, none of these podcasts, the OG Media Company would not be possible without him and his support of us. And as you know, he's a big supporter of NC State Athletics. So do me a favor. Go to bugsbite.com, punch in your zip code. You're going to see all kinds of deals and great ways to save on a lot of different options that you don't even really know about. So that's the best way to help us is to support the people who support us. Now on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is Eric McLean, ACC Network, ESPN, former Clemson Tiger. More importantly, from Gramlich and McLean. You can watch them on the YouTubes as well, Gramlich and McLean, or you listen to them on Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. Uh, do what I did. Follow them, subscribe. And five stars only, positive vibes only, because for this battle of four and three teams, big now. <laughs> <laughs> I am searching to find the positive vibes. What what says you uh, of what this game looks like between the Wolfpack and the Tigers? Well, well, here, here's the deal. Here's the positive vibes is I get to come on this show and hang out with you. That's the positive vibes. I'm excited about that. Uh, and, and, you know, both these teams are playing so well. It's on the CW network. So we're excited, man. The first time I didn't think that happened for Clemson. And here we are. Uh, we get ref cams and pylon cams. It's awesome, man. So I'm excited for all that, all the angles. Um, and, you know, two teams that are just struggling. Uh, you know, can, can they get a big dub? The, the good thing is someone has to. Someone has to. <laughs> all right. So on the OG proper, I have said all along that NC State and the Carolina Panthers are living parallel lives in the sense that I appreciated the moves they tried to make in the offseason to get better. They just haven't worked out. I look at Clemson in a similar sense in that I thought the offense had been a problem. I thought DJ Uyungle's kind of path had, had been 
strewn out. His chances mm-hmm. were, were, you know, I thought it was a good idea to go in a different direction. I thought it was a good idea to go and get Garrett Riley from TCU. My gosh, I, I thought that was the hire of the offseason. I was ready to see fireworks. So I can't hit the rewind button and be like, man, I told you Clemson was going to stink because I, I agreed with what they tried to do. So I want to lump the Tigers into that NC State and Carolina Panthers <laughs> grouping of teams that I thought in the offseason made smart decisions to try to make themselves better, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, offensively, what have you seen from Garrett Riley, their new offensive coordinator, their new play caller? In, in, in your opinion, as obviously someone who played there and obviously someone yeah. who follows it so closely and, and actually knows um, what the offense was <laughs> back to Chad Morris and, and right. you know, what did it become? How, how is it the same and, and kind of how is it different? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is interesting because it it's still a, you know, ongoing evolution, right? I think that first week uh, against Duke, man, it was like nightmares. You can go look at my Twitter and I'm just like, what's up with all the side-to-side plays? Yeah. What, what's up with all the, the screens? I thought that was done. You know, I thought that wasn't going to be a piece of this thing and it was – it was brutal. And I think a lot of Clemson fans were like slipping into this dark place, like, oh my gosh, you know, we got so excited that we thought we were moving on from this. And here we are right back in it. So, and then, you know, you, you saw it change and you saw the ball get pushed down the field and, and you got a little excited. And Shipley's being used in, in a couple of different ways and as a receiver. And, and certainly the run game is, is slightly different. Um, and then Wake Force happens and you're just like, what, what, what are we doing? Like where the last three weeks go? Because uh, that was one of the worst games that I've, quite frankly, seen. Um, then you got a bye week, and you're like, okay, maybe this is a good time. Maybe they were looking right. forward to it. And then uh, they have five rushing yards in the fourth quarter against Miami and lose a game up ten going into that quarter. Um, so it, it is a weird spot, man. And and I think that uh, you know it's fascinating because people will try to point their finger at whatever they can. Uh, as a problem. And and at the end of the day, the young men on the field are the ones making or not making plays, right? Like no coach can throw a pass. No coach can catch a pass. No coach can miss or make a block. Same thing with a tackle. Uh, your, your guys have to perform. Your, your guys have to, you know, do the things asked of them and execute the things asked, not go off the beaten path and do whatever they want. Um, and, and that that's how you lose football games. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, just for a silver lining for any Clemson fans that are watching because there's there's not been a lot of them. Uh, Clemson did push the ball downfield against Miami. I mean, they had completions of, you know, 50, 30, 40, whatever yards multiple times. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I like this. Utilizing the tight end. That was something that, you know, disappeared from the Clemson offense for a handful of years. And, you know, great to really see that. But there was just this insurmountable negative that was occurring um, and that has been occurring for a majority of the season that, you know, has them right here at four and three and, you know, not feeling uber positive about the, uh, the the near future. So every fan base has a group, even when you're running hot of fans that don't like the coach, then there's a group. I, I like to th- say there's there's three groups. There's a there's a group that doesn't like the coach. There's a group that loves the coach no matter what. And then there's usually a group in the middle. That is the the, the sane, if you will part of the fan base and you want to keep as much as the same fan base as you can. Sure. Obviously when you win the ACC every year, when you win two different national titles, you're keeping a very good doughy middle. How do you think Dabo Swinney is handling losing that middle to that 
original group of people who don't like the coach or, or don't agree yeah. with what's going on. Sure, sure. You know, I, I think it is interesting the um, you know, kind of the unfortunateness of being so successful and, and you know, winning very quickly and winning at a very high rate. Um, because the standard has changed seemingly overnight. Yes. Uh yes. And, and the expectations <laughs> and the things that uh you know that once were a, a pipe dream now became a reality very quickly and, and doing it, you know not back to back, but in, in a two, two and a three year span where it's like this, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, we're going to the playoff. We're winning. Uh, we're, we're playing for and winning championships. That's the expectation. And then when you don't uh, and, and you fall from that one year, you're like, okay, I understand two years. You're like mm, three years problem, uh, you know, from, from the fans. And, and even, you know, I, I think it gets into a weird space too, because even when, when yourself, when you're putting out, videos and you're putting out things where you're saying hey every class since x has won a national championship y'all are on the clock 15 and 15 we're, we're you know all these expectations and then to flip it on your fans is just a little weird to me you know i, I don't love that you know the expectation is the expectation and, and the standard is the standard you know we kind of all get that now can you still have a successful season, you know, winning nine games and overcoming adversity and this and that. Sure. From, from an internal standpoint. And that's great. And that's important, but don't tell me that some fan that had aspirations to go to Charlotte and to go to, to wherever the natty is, uh, can't be disappointed. You know, it's just is what it is. And I think that that's a, it's an unfortunate byproduct of having so much success and that's square where Clemson is. So, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like you said, you're, you're going to have those folks, you try to keep the middle, as much as you can, but you know, everything can be solved by winning, you know, they win every game out from here on out. No one cares. And you're looking at the next season and you're really excited. So uh, coach Rick has told me that many times, uh, but winning, winning solves everything. They made the quarterback switch at basically at the end of last year, TJ ends up transferring to Oregon state and Kay Klubnick, you know, steps in. And I think I, I had thoughts like a lot of people that I thought he would be better than DJU, but I did, didn't know if he would be in the class of Deshaun Watson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence. And I think right, right. as someone who has followed NC State sports for 30 years now, yeah. when you say the standard, like the fan base has a standard, right? Like you saw Phillip Rivers, you saw Russell right. Wilson. You're like, hey, I know what an NFL quarterback oh, yeah. looks like. Oh, yeah. I know what a program changing quarterback looks like. And then when there's not one of those, you kind of scratch your head a little bit. And you go, okay, well, the next guy will be it. The next guy will be it. Where do you think Kid Klubnik is in his yeah. first full year as a starter and and really still a young player? Yeah. You know, I, I think that um I, I think that it, it is very unfair where we are as a society for any quarterback, right? Because it, it is a position that so much is expected from, especially young guys, man. Like, you know, if 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 MJ hey, would have been the full guy. Everybody right. will come in and win in a, right. as a freshman. Exactly. That's exactly. What everybody does, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, th these young guys come in, and if they're put in a situation where they have to play early and you might not be ready, it, it is the most difficult position in all of sports, not just all of – I mean, the, the amount of responsibility that is placed on that position from knowing protections, understanding what the defense is doing, adjusting those protections, route tree, blocking, running, all these different things – um, and not just your position, like everybody, you have to know every position, uh, not just have one position memorized. And, and so, you know, we have this expectation, oh, that's a five-star. Oh, that's a number one player. 
instant success. He's going to be the guy, seamless transition. And that's just, it's not the case. There is a process that has to be gone through. There is a learning curve that must be had. And even myself, I mean, I'm one of the parts of the problem, you know, putting this expectation out there that this guy's going to be amazing, right, from Jump Street. And it's rare to have that. It's rare to have that instant success where, where there, there aren't growing pains or there's not a learning curve. And so I, I think where Cade Klubnick is right now is still a super young player and, and a guy that, that has made a bunch of mistakes that will also have those plays that you're just like, Oof, I don't know if there's five other people in the country that can make that throw. I don't know if anybody else would have saw that how he saw it uh, and, and makes these big time plays. But the point is, how can I get the bad over here where I see less and less of that? And, and you know, I, I think that um, certainly a, a ways to go, but has all the tools. I uh, think he needs to get a little bit bigger. Thinks the, think the game needs to still slow down a bit for him. And, you know, understand that at the end of the day, this isn't high school. Like you, you are not going to be faster than most people you probably play against from a skill player standpoint, defensive backs, outside linebackers. You can't just outrun these guys. I mean, the, the way that you saw that kind of last play unfold, yeah. for him to think that he can get that corner, uh, not only with an outside linebacker, but a safety as well, to me is just like you're not in the same reality as everybody else on that field. Like you're you're not doing that. You're you're not that type of player. And and you were in high school, understandably so. I get it. Um but he's got a lot to learn. And, and again, ceiling, I still think super high. Um, again, is, is he a first overall pick? Probably not. Uh, can he be a first round pick? Maybe so. Um, but I, I think a lot to learn um, and, and a lot to just understand about the game of football that, you know, you, you hope to see it and, and hopefully his better days are, are still way in front of him. Eric McClain, ACC Network, ESPN, former Tiger. Catch him on Gramlick and McLean on the podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, on their YouTube channel, which is very nice. Although, as I was texting you before, the cartoon with your hair, <laughs> I'm slightly confused. Listen, man, it's an alternate reality, okay? okay? My cartoon can have whatever. It also has okay. massive, you know, 24-inch arms. I don't have that anymore either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you still kick my ass. We all know this. Um, but no, check them out on all of those. I, got, I have one more Clemson question for you, then I would like to take a, a break and then ask you, some Please. NCAA questions. So I remember when uh, Dabo Sweeney gets the job. I was there the, the Thursday night game where Clemson lost to Wake Forest. He gets promoted and kind of model had a great, had a nice finish to that year, won some games that were important, and then muddled through a season, then hired Chad Morris. And I thought, okay, that, that was a great hire. That, that was a good move. Yeah. Solve some of the problems on offense. Brings in Brent Venables. And I thought, again, it's ah, a really good hire. And mm -hmm. I, I thought it, it it really shaped, you know, even when Morris left to become a head coach, I thought it really, the offense was set. And then Venables, to me, felt like, it felt, I'm perfectly honest with you, felt like the guy on game day who was like the head coach of Clemson football. Right. Like he felt like he was the hands-on, and maybe it was just defense. I don't know if Clemson fans get mad at me when I point out that he had like a purple shirt on and everybody else didn't because... <laughs> I'm trying to, because the players are looking for him. That's why. Um, but maybe maybe we'll tackle that another day. Do you think they miss Brent Venables? You think Clemson football misses Brent Venables? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's one of, if not the best D coordinator ever. I mean, I, I don't know how you couldn't. And I do think what you just said there about um, 
you know, being, I don't know if he had that title or what, but the way I looked at it was kind of like an associate head coach, kind of a, a number two yeah. um, to where you, you never had to look at anything defensively if you didn't want to. Right. I mean, that, that was handled. That was fine. Um, and, and again, whether coach would, would go to any of the meetings, sit in any of the meetings, whatever. I mean, he didn't come to the offensive line room unless something was really wrong, right? Like it was bad if he was in there. <laughs> he didn't want him there. Uh, that maybe happened one time and it was not <laughs> ideal. Um, you know, but I, I know for a fact that he didn't have to even look down that hallway because of a, of a guy like that. And now not being, that's being room, a good leader, not being by the, the meeting rooms. That's being, that? good, that's being a good leader and a good head coach, by the way, oh, yeah, is hiring good sure. people and trusting them to do their job. So I don't, yeah. I don't make no that doubt. comment as a knock towards Dabo. I make it just no like I, the guy was Venables just yeah. seemed like a really important cog to what they were doing. For sure. For sure. But I, I will kind of, you know, what I have seen on TV, what I, I do get to see if, you know, we're there is, is it does feel like coaches having to go to every huddle, every meeting, everything that I see on the field. And, um, that's tough. It's hard. I mean, cause, cause you know, number one, you, you want your coaches to be able to do those things, not saying they can again, and I'm not in meetings, not in, don't know. I'm just telling you what I see. And I don't remember, uh, seeing that before, you know, with, with different things happening. So to say we wouldn't miss a guy like that is, is, uh, that would be crazy talk. Yeah. Be crazy. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll talk a little bit about NC State. It's NC State, Clemson, Saturday, 2 o'clock. You guys are listening to The Law of the Wolf. We'll be right back. Housekeeping. I'm driving down to Charlotte tomorrow for the ACC Media kickoff for the basketball season. And I, I need some people rooting for me to make sure I avoid any legal issues after uh, some traffic violations here in the last few months. I'm going to do my best to stay out of trouble. But of course, if I get any more, I can just do what I did last time. Check out Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. It's wh.lawyer. That's wh.lawyer. Any kind of legal issues. Maybe you have more conventional uh, family law issues. Maybe you're trying to sell a business. Maybe there's some other disputes that you might have. Check them out. It's wh.lawyer. And my favorite part, of course, is that Josh is a big state fan. And you know, when it comes to lawyers, NC State can get all of the lawyers that they can find because they absolutely need them. I'm looking forward to this week's tailgate as well because back at Carter Finley Stadium, two o'clock, nice and early. You know me, it's not going to, it's going to be ending right around my bedtime. So I'm looking forward to this one, guys. I'm going to start the day by going over to Breeze Through to get the dark roast coffee. Then I'm going to get some ice. I'm going to get some Gatorades to make sure I stay hydrated. Uh, there's probably going to be maybe, a, I don't know, a 420 sweet water in there. Who knows? Uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe a beer, a flavored beer or two. Such a great selection at the Breeze Through right there on Trinity and Edwards Mill Roads. Go check out what Adam and his crew have going on over there. It's Breeze Through taking you wherever you are this college football season and home field apparel, man. If you want to be swagged out to the fullest, if you want the best possible merch for this college football season and college basketball season, go check them out. It's homefieldapparel.com. As you can see the NC state page, if you're watching on the YouTubes, they got shirts, they got sweatshirts, they've got hats, they've got jackets, they've got quarter zips, they've got sweatpants, long sleeve tees, you name it. They've got it. Uh, just a great variety, great selection. If you use the code OG23, you will get 15% off of your first order. That's right. Use the code OG23. Get 15% off of your first order at homefieldapparel.com.
Did you know, Eric McClain, when you were at Clemson, that this game is the Textile Bowl? I did. I didn't know. You did? I did. Oh, you're did we have a trophy? I don't know if we had a there trophy. A trophy. Yes. What would yeah. we exchange back then? No, there was a trophy. I remember State had it for like a half of a second there, and they put it up on their socials and all that <laughs> other good stuff. So, who has it now? Yeah. Does it still? Is it still that? Does it still get exchanged? Yeah, of course. Oh, it does. Okay, great. Yeah, like Clemson's got Good. banners. State had the the textile <laughs> bowl. I think it is like this wooden thing with with plaque pa- panels and and whatnot. Well, good for you that you do it was the textile bowl. Yeah, um, yeah. Clemson's won this game sixteen of eighteen times. Dave Doran is one in eight against um, the Tigers and, and Dabo there for all of those. So my question for you. And in, in the because you are a little bit of a okay, if I if I made you rank your favorite ACC teams after your alma mater, I feel like NC State would be pretty high on that list. <laughs> um, do, do you think Clemson thinks about NC State? Like, is this a game that they think about and go, OK, let, 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 let's make sure little brother, let's make sure the old Atlantic Division hierarchy that everyone understands you know, like I, I thought last year's game was a real, these are still our corners kind of game. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I don't think, maybe not as the little brother thing, but I, I think what you what you come to realize when you play a team like this, being NC State and a team that you used to see every year and, and hopefully still will, um, is that it's hard-nosed, it's blue-collar, they're going to hit you, you've got to hit them, and it's going to be a grind. I mean, that, that was always a game when I was playing that I knew the defensive line was going to be salty linebackers were going to be nuts and, and just guys were flying around the ball and you had to be ready. It wasn't one of those where ever throw out the record book type deals because it, it was going to be a, a brutal game. And especially if we would go there, um, you know, I tell people all the time about Carter Finley when, you know, people ask what's the hardest place, you know, that you play that's up there for me. That's one because the fans are insane. They love their football and really the way that the stadium's laid out, I played a, a state championship there as well in high school. Like, it's right there on top of you. That, there's parts of it, that wall is kind of, it feels like they're just on top of you coming down. Um, and all the upgrades that they've made, I know that that's a, a fantastic thing. So shout out for the Tigers. It's at 2 o'clock. They don't get to see any of that uh, <laughs> with the lights and, and the crazy scoreboard, all that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's certainly a game that you always pay attention to, no question. All right, states four and three on the season. Uh, suddenly, their one ACC win is looking a whole lot better since it was against Virginia. Losses to Louisville in a close game at home and then a game at Duke that wasn't very close. They had 21 penalties combined in those two losses. When you and started the year, it was Brendan Armstrong. Now it's MJ Morris. When you look at the Wolfpack, Mac, what do you see? Uh, how they've started the season and kind of maybe how they've changed here with, with MJ at the helm. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's something, man, where, where I thought that the Anai and Armstrong, and of course, I know you follow this way closer than I, so we'd love to hear your opinion too on it. it I, I thought it was going to be a match made in heaven and something that really uh, worked quickly. But the question I had was, who who was he throwing to? Who are the guys that are going to step up? Or, or are we going to see guys emerge are we going to see a run game develop uh, or is Brennan going to have to be the exact same guy he was at Virginia last year and do everything? Um, and if that was the case, I wasn't sure how good it was going to go. Uh, and and when I got to see it up close in person and, and you know was at camp, uh, I was really impressed by the defense, the size of the defensive line, 
the speed of the linebackers, the 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 length of the cornerbacks, um, and thought, okay, maybe this is now a team that, man, shoot, maybe they can really lean on this defense and and kind of like Clemson had been in the last two years, kind of just survive offensively and and be in games like that. And I don't know, you just saw a weird mix like that UConn game at UConn to open the season, just weird, you know, a ten point victory yeah. where you know you, you have sub, uh, you know, don't have a hundred yard rusher. Brennan sub 200 and we're just like uh, okay maybe it's weird environment whatever new system guys figuring it out um and then that was just kind of the trend you know guys not able to really get a bunch of separation not able to to give him windows and to the point to where I thought that was the problem and then the last two games before he gets kind of switched out I'm just like man this guy's just missing dudes he's just not when they are open the ball's sailing out of bounds they don't even have a shot you know, to, to get the ball and, and these various things. So I, I think at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the problem is, is skill players and, and lack there of super explosive freaky guys. And, and similar to Clemson, like you have say, not unlike Clemson. I know you have this core group of, of guys that, you know, were there for four or five years and you felt really good. And then when those guys left, it's like, shoot, who, who's left here? Who And, you know, our best receivers are true freshmen and we're asking a lot from them. Yeah. It's been an interesting season in in the terms of adjustments from the fans because I was on this early. Like the UConn game bothered me. The the Notre Dame game was rain. I think Notre yeah. Dame's pretty good. I, yeah. I did think some of the defensive busts were fixable, sure. uh, even though we saw another one of those against Duke. And sometimes, you know, I, I shouldn't say busts, the big plays. Sometimes sure. something gets blocked up on you and gets fitted sure. up the right way and you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That pattern has been a problem uh, defensively. Peyton Wilson, though, uh, do you think? Let's just say, let's just say state. Let's give them another win. They go five and seven. Do you think? And, and you might actually have a vote. Do you think enough people will vote for Peyton Wilson as the defensive player of the year for from a team with a losing record? Is that is that something that happens, or is it? Yeah, it's too much. I don't. I don't think there's any question. He was all of our mid-year defensive player of the year award. Okay, uh, and he was EJ Manuel's. He was EJ Manuel's overarching player of the year. Yeah, award. I mean that, that's how crazy good this guy's been playing. And uh, you know, he he uh, compared him to Luke Keekley, like just with his instincts, you know, flying around to the ball. Uh, you know, I thought that his his overall speed would be something that was a question, but I'm dead all of that. I mean, this guy sideline to sideline like a maniac. The 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 play, I think it was Notre Dame, maybe, where he's hawking a guy down like 20 mm-hmm. plus miles an hour. Um, and just has a knack for the football, like fumble recoveries, interceptions. I think he had a fake punt run, uh, you know, countless PBUs. He's just making plays and doing whatever it takes for his team to win. He's almost at a hundred tackles right now, which is nuts Hunters. to me, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a freak, and uh I, I love watching him. I've been love. Uh, watching him, I'll, I'll never forget when uh, you know Coach Dorn came up to Coach Rick and said, "Watch out for this young new freshman. If he can stay healthy, you know, all those years ago, mm-hmm. he's going to be a war daddy." And, and you know, of course, we saw flashes of that. And I think he had over a hundred tackle season, and then just you know some injuries, and now it looks like he's back and fully ready to go. And yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. Barring him, you know, staying healthy, I, I think he's runaway for for defensive player of the year. I don't know if you make predictions. This is not one of your games. Um, maybe maybe you give me a, a key to this one. Klemp is a 10-point favorite, and the total is 44. I could see this thing being a, being a pure rock fight, a lot like the uh, Louisville game. 
Yeah. Uh, just where nobody can move the ball. And that would be disgusting. I don't want to see that. But we, you might. We might. I mean, with two defenses like you have here and, and you know, struggling offenses that see things differently than you and I do from time mm-hmm. to time, um, you know, it, it's hard for me not to pick Clemson and not think that they are going to figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just what it is, man. It's what it is there. Um, but if NC State can get a couple of those red zone turnovers and make some stuff happen, I do not know what to expect from Clemson. Similar to NC, like these teams are very much the same this year in regards to, you know, what are we doing? What do you expect? I have no clue. What did you say the line was? I'm trying to find it on here. Ten. That might be a little disrespectful. Um, I'll say NC State covers. How about that? I'll take them to cover. But I do, like you, I think it's going to be a rock fight. I think it's going to be ugly. And uh, at the end of the day, we, we probably will walk away like, Whoever wins, did we win the game? Like, did we? You know, that, that's the type of feeling I, I, I predict will happen uh, for either fan base when this thing's all said and done. All right, so I'm going to see you in Raleigh in two weeks then. 8 o'clock, Can't ACC wait. Network, NC State, Miami. Make sure you stop by the tailgate in come the on. RV lot. You come see us, Steve oh, Young. Will be, absolutely. He'll be pumped if uh, you come on over. He's there on Friday nights as well. So depending, <laughs> on, depending on when you get in town, you you let me know. We'll get you over there. We'll get you something. We can make it happen. Going, yeah, everything's going well with Kelly and the and the podcast. And then, of course, oh, your fam. Yeah, it's it's been great. It's been great. Podcast is awesome. Um, seeing that thing grow. And it's been fun to watch you guys and, and what you've been doing. And, you know, kind of, you know, just going on this journey because that's what yeah. it is. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the – uh, Doing it yourself route is is a lot of fun, and we, we love it. Got your notes there. And then baby girl's growing like crazy, uh, and, and life's going too fast for me. But it, it's fun to uh, slow down and talk a little football with you, brother. Yeah, man. Enjoy it. She'll be a freshman at ECU before you're born. So. Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Eric McLean, ACC Network, ESPN. Gramlick and McLean is the podcast. Check them out on the YouTubes. Big Mac, thank you, man, and see you next week when you're here in Raleigh. Appreciate you. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.